Welcome to Content Pros Podcast, where we unlock the strategies and secrets of the best content marketers in the world and ask the questions you've always wanted asked. Content Pros is sponsored by Sixter, allowing marketers to automatically inject clickable images called campaigns into every one of their employee email signatures to promote their company's most important initiatives or content. Now, here are your hosts from Oracle Marketing Cloud, Chris Moody, and from Uberflip, Randy Frisch. Ready? Let's talk to the pros. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Content Pros Podcast. Today, we are very, 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 very excited. We are joined by Hassan Ali from The Onion. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for, for teeing this up. It's Randy here. And Hassan, thanks so much for taking the time. For those for those of us who, who maybe kind of live under a rock and don't know what The Onion is, maybe you can uh, you know, educate us as to you know, the, the fun irony that comes out on, on your content on a day-to-day and, and your role over there. Sure. Thanks so much, you guys, for having me. I'm super pumped uh, to be considered a content pro, to be honest with you, because I, I never considered myself a pro of anything. And not only that, but of content, like, oh, man, I'm so pumped. So uh, The Onion is America's finest news source, but uh, more colloquially, it's the like source of satire for uh i think i would say it's the best satire site on the web it's uh satirical news and then and now it's uh branched out to kind of a parody of buzzfeed and clickbait with a site called clickhole and uh, we're just kind of skewering and parodying all that is out there in terms of news pop culture and even now with the Onion Labs that we're that I'm involved in, it's like the in-house ad ad agency part of the Onion. We're even kind of trying to uh, make marketing and advertising and content a comedic uh, a comedic thing. I love that, Hassan. And, and I, to be fair and full disclosure, I live in Raleigh, North Carolina. So it's kind of funny. I share tons of stuff from The Onion. I'm an overshare on Facebook and The Onion is one of my favorite sources. And my absolute favorite thing that happens, sometimes I'll get people that think it's a real news story still, like even though The Onion has been around for quite a while. So that's one of my absolute favorite things is to share something without any commentary from myself and just watch and see what happens in the comments. I'm curious if that was something you you guys ever anticipated like did you think that people would misinterpret the satire or kind of lose that because to me that's the greatest humor oh that it is it, it's so much fun and especially for me like i work on my particular i have uh, i cannot i have to be upfront and say i'm not an, a writer for the uh, main articles like there is a hilarious much more funny than me team that works exclusively on the articles and they're geniuses honestly um, I work on like the branded content side, so it's still uh, with the Onion voice and the Onion sa- the Onion parody and satire, uh, but we just apply it in terms of a brand setting. But still, like we did a campaign for Intel, which was uh, we created this character called Doctor Jim, who is this like Doctor Phil self help guru guy, and uh, he uh, Intel came to us. They said millennials aren't. Um, trading in their they aren't upgrading to new pcs they're hanging on to their old pcs uh can you help us get them to like upgrade and check out the new pcs 
So what we did was we created this Dr. Phil character who said the the theme of the show was help. I'm turning into my dad. And it was basically all these guests, these like millennial guests coming on the show who are like wearing dress socks and sandals and, uh, like, uh, fishing like fishing hats around and visors and being basically acting like their dad when they're 30. And uh, so what we did was we created this really slick show. We had Keenan Thompson from SNL as the host and uh, it looked exactly like a Dr. Phil type show where he's like emotionally helping these people stop this addiction to acting like their parents. And obviously with the help of a new PC and release it to Facebook, People loved it. And then, oh my God, the comments that people who we got people actually writing in asking if they could be on the show. They wanted to be on the show. They said, oh my God, my brother has this problem. Can he get on the show? He uh, collects batteries from Costco that he doesn't even need. Uh, he is so acting like our dad and he needs help right now. Please help him. And I was like, wow. I, I don't know whether to be impressed or kind of sad, um, but at the same time, it was it, we had way, way more comments like that that I was than I was anticipating. So yeah, it, it, it's kind of a fun side effect of the work that we do. That's amazing. I mean, you know, one of my one of my favorite words when you define content in general is is that concept of relevant. And I think you know you've made it relevant in in numerous ways. I mean, SNL fans like myself, actually, actually took my wife to SNL once because it was her life, lifetime dream. So, uh, you know, she's a big Kenan Thompson fan. So I've, I've got to show her this clip. I, I got to watch it myself. It's, it's amazing. But, you know, it, it's also interesting that you kind of frame it this way. I think a lot of us who think about creating content that we're going to put out there on the web on assets that we don't own, like our own site, we think about, you know, traditional you know, type of content that we may create, which is just, you know, a good blog post, a good story, maybe a video about our product, you know, with a spin. But, you know, you went, you know, the much more creative route in this case, where you've actually created something that you can almost build a series around, it sounds like. Um, you know, what does that process look like in terms of, you know, the onion leading that versus the right marketers kind of leading that internally. I mean, is, is there that back and forth or, you know, does it take a marketing team to really jump up and say, okay, we want to do something different. How do, how do people jump onto these ideas? I guess. Well, I think the, the brands that come to us, they come to us knowing that we have a certain voice and part of that voice is satirizing and parodying existing memes, existing tropes, shows, news sites like the onion itself does. So they kind of know that they're going to get something in that vein. So in this case, it was obviously parodying Dr. Phil and like, uh, Oprah and self-help type stuff. But as far as something that is more, um, more like seriesable or something that'll live on is that, uh, honestly, a lot of that comes down to how much media they can, uh, how much media they can pony up because if if it's a one-off kind of video then we can't really do we can't really do a long-term series but if, if it's something that they do have the budget to do something that can live for let's say the span of a month like intel did um we we reframe it so it's not just a one-off content piece and something that does live as more of a series 
but it is it is a uh communication between the brand the brand has to have that budget and kind of uh timeline in mind and then we would adjust accordingly i like that a lot and i'm curious because i think there are a ton of marketers that carry around a lot of self-deprecation and we make fun of our own buzzwords and some of the weird things in our industry but what you were hitting on there I think a lot of people have the misconception that if they have the right partner, if they just do this one certain thing, that they can create something that's viral. So I think you are starting to hit on that a bit where people may come to you and they're just expecting to have lightning in a bottle. But how are you dealing with that for brands where they may come and one, the idea may not be that great. You have to kind of guide them in the right direction or two, the expectations may not be realistic. Yeah, I think there was a, uh... I think the term go viral is in every brief, you know, that comes through. It's like, oh, okay, so here are the asks, like, get millennials to reappraise our brand and also, yeah, make it go viral. Sure. Uh, it's like as if it's just like go going to get a cup of coffee and, yeah, sure, just is like getting off the bus at, in L.A. and just like, oh, yeah, and get famous, win an Oscar F, a year after you move to L.A. So, I mean, I think obviously the ambition is there, like to get content that gets seen. It's no, no one here is uh, wanting to make something that doesn't get seen. We, we all have that ambition, but it's uh, at the, at the end of the day, uh, I think it's something that doesn't necessarily go viral, if you want to call it that, but still gets a great response from viewers because I mean, engagement comes in many forms, not just views and not just, uh, not just uh, shares, but like in terms of the content, the comments that get left behind great comments and great uh, things like that are equally as fun for a brand to see. That's, that's interesting. I I mean, you know, we could, we could talk for hours about, you know, what the goals are um, from that content. Maybe we'll, we'll get to that in a bit, but you know, one, one thing, you know, I, I told our own team here at Uberflip, you know, they're, they're all you know, nuts about the onion and they were really excited about this. And, you know, they're, they're always kind of trying to find that line, you know, that safe line, where do you cross, where do you not cross? And, you know, I, I'm wondering if you guys have, helped companies kind of define that line? You know, what are the rules of satire, I guess, you know, in this day of age? And how does it kind of adjust depending on your brand? Is that something that you will kind of get into? And, you know, as you gave the example with Intel, obviously they can maybe have more fun than a different type of brand in some cases. How do you, how do you define that line? And does one exist across the board? Yeah, I think that the appetite is really gauged when we first talk to the the client of that brand, the particular client. Uh, so you can tell pretty quickly if the, if they're going to be up for something a little bit more risque or if they're a little bit more conservative. And you know what, honestly, that I don't blame a lot of brands that want to, you know, they have bosses to report to also. And they know that in parody that involves like, super religious overtones or something like that is is a gutsy, risky thing for a brand to, to put their name behind. So um, that's just one example. But uh, at the same time, we definitely keep in mind that uh, The Onion has this awesome, strong voice of humor where it, it comes from kind of poking fun at everyday things, everyday people like uh, dad, for instance, there could have easily been 
uh, hesitation towards offending dads or people who are proud that they're turning into their dads. And that, that was a concern that came up in the early, um, in the early stages of planning that campaign, uh, for Intel. There was someone said, well, you know what? I'm kind of happy. I'm, I love my dad. I'm proud I'm turning into my dad. And at the same time, when you have humor involved in anything, you have the opportunity to a little bit diffuse that edge a little bit, uh, take the edge off of those, um, those concerns because it's just already kind of the it you you have people buying into a, a funny concept as it is so people's guard people gar, people's guards can go down a little bit and say okay i'll go along with this this joke even if i'm the butt of the joke a little bit so i think it's it's a conversation we have with each individual client and what they're comfortable with but we always the rule is we'd rather get reined in than have to then be asked to go further out, you know? Yeah. I wanted to dig in a little more there, Hassan, because I'm curious, I think most of the folks who listen to the show have been involved with brand standards or have seen a brief that's been done by their company or, or maybe just viewed and read the guidelines. And I'm wondering, are there clients that are just a terrible fit where you're like, Hey, we really can't help you because you're unwilling to budge because I mean, you guys have this strong brand that you don't want to compromise. So is there ever a time where you're running into the case where you're like, look, as the onion, we can't get behind this. We actually can't just stay on brand if that's the flexibility you have. Or do you try to work to say, look, here's the line we need to get towards to make this work, to try to bring the, I'm using air quotes, the nine ideal clients into something that would work for you guys? Right. I think the biggest the biggest thing that comes up a lot is oh, can you just write a headline with our brand on it and also make it super positive and make it like a fake onion headline with our brand in it? That's never going to happen, like ever. And it's that's the, uh, the only thing that does come up frequently where it's like, oh, we'll just use our brand in a fake onion article. And uh, the, the that's the main thing I can think of where we just it's just a flat out no, because that's, it's not in line with the editorial standards. It's just not a thing that's going to happen. And that's what I think readers respect. And, um, I know content creators everywhere have different rules for what they want to consider as branded content, how they want to demarcate content as branded content. So it varies. I'm not saying this should apply for other branded for, for other content creators. But in our particular case, we have such a strong voice that we don't want to um, muddy up with uh, those kinds of uh, cl- those kind of brand deals that that's why onion labs exists to be able to incorporate the onion voice, but not in a, not basically writing a headline with the brand in it and not uh, crossing those editorial lines. Um, that's why we kind of were, we we were created out of that necessity, essentially, uh, to address that need. That clients wanted something oniony, but we couldn't quite do what they were wanting. So let's kind of come to some compromise where we can still create onion like great onion humor and onion um, content in the onion voice, but that more appropriately fits a brand. Man, Chris, uh, we better uh, take away that ask from Hassan at the end to to get the content pros 
brand into that headline, I guess. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, you know, it, it's interesting what you're talking about, though, in, term, in terms of where this satire belongs. And, you know, I, I think a lot of brands, whether, you know, they're fortunate enough to be able to, you know, put that media towards towards a site like The Onion, or they're trying to more so replicate this on their own site, I, you know, I think sometimes there's that question of where does it belong? Because if, if to Chris's earlier point, our brand has a whole bunch of guidelines and we believe in, you know, in having this certain voice, um, as our friend Ann Hanley would say for our brand, but then we want to do something fun and different and creative, can this new content asset just kind of sit within our, you know, the rest of our content, or perhaps to your point, the same way you have onion lances on, you know, do you suggest that brands really think about kind of creating almost a different silo of sorts for, you know, more off the cuff humor, uh, you know, that, that they may be tr- trying to work with? Yeah, I think that it depends on obviously if you're a startup, let's say if, if you're a startup brand, you don't want to be, I don't think just in my opinion, I don't think you want to be uh, uh, like you. I don't think you want to be spread to spreading your uh, voice out too much. I think if you're a startup, you want to be having a firm, solid voice. Take Grubhub for example. When they're starting out, they were probably very focused on a very direct marketing campaign that was about getting your food quick. It's since evolved to create some humorous stuff but at the beginning they needed to create have established a strong voice that didn't confuse or um let's say like like diffuse the message or uh uh whatever the yeah like basically if they're if they're trying to get a message out of what they are at the beginning and and starting up you want to have that strong message that doesn't get uh, watered down. Um, I think brands that are a little bit more established can have those silos, as you mentioned, that they can have something that almost like a one-off or uh, something like that. But the more that they are in line with their main brand voice, the better it is for everyone. So like, let's just take progressive like insurance, for example, like they've been, uh, we're working on, um, some work with them and it's, they're just a great, they have a great brand voice to begin with. They have great, uh, character and flow and they have a great campaign as it is a great brand voice of great sense of humor. So to do something humorous with us, isn't necessarily like a huge jump from their existing brand voice. Uh, similarly, if you take a brand like uh, dollar shave club, they, already have an existing great brand voice. So if it's something that uh, they, if they hypothetically wanted to do something with us, wink, wink, Dollar Shave Club, uh, <laughs> they, it would be a perfect fit because it is kind of in line with what their personality is. We don't see a lot of, honestly, we don't see a lot of hospital systems, multi-state hospital systems coming to us. And probably for good reason, because it's that would be such a, huge leap um and such a huge odd disconnect with what their brand voice is and uh that makes sense so i think the more that you can um 
stay in line with what your mainline brand voice is, the better. But there, there are certainly opportunities for those like little silos and side pieces of content to come up. Well, you hit on staying in line with the brand voice, and this podcast would not exist without our parent podcast, which is, or actually the parent company, which is Convince and Convert. So if you all know Jay Bear, which you probably do if you're listening to this show, you should be subscribed to the email that he pulls together at Convince and Convert. It's called Definitive. You can go to definitivedigest.com and subscribe for free right now. Each day, their team will pick a topic and send you the three best resources ever created about that topic. So if you want a curated email that doesn't clog your inbox, you can go there. If you want to listen to another podcast with a similar voice, Jay Bear runs Social Pros. You can check that out as well. So a great, great resource. Now, Hassan, I think you were hitting on one question I was going to ask, which is there an industry that could not work with you guys, which there there probably isn't. There may be a way to pull it off. It's just a, a riskier suggestion, I guess. So I, one thing I did want to ask, as content marketers, one of the things we're always tasked with is driving leads or closing revenue, getting people to buy something. So we always have a call to action. So if we're producing an asset, a, a blog post, anything, we have to think about what's the call to action. I'm curious, for, for some of the projects you guys do, I, I know that there's the hope that it will increase business. And that's probably one of the goals to get more eyeballs or sell more PCs or sell more insurance. But how much do you actually think about what are we trying to get someone to do? Well, my goal is to get people to laugh, honestly. <laughs> It's to get people to laugh. That's the first and foremost goal. Because I do believe that you get someone to laugh at a piece of content, that instantly triggers whatever funky chemicals are in our brain. A positive association with what you're watching equals a positive association with the logo that you see at the end of the piece of content. So if you want to take, I don't want to get too scientific about it, but I do think, I do believe that there is that uh i'm sure that there are numerous studies about consumerism and how that works but uh i do feel like if people laugh at what we're doing first of all we've made an ad that doesn't suck that huge people think positively about this brand that's hey taking a little bit of a risk and poking fun at themselves and having fun with uh having fun with a piece of content like the thing that they're watching, I think people have a general, generally more positive view of whatever that brand was. Maybe they already had a good view of uh, Intel or Progressive. Maybe they were on the fence. I think a lot of people, we're so saturated with content every day that I think it, I think people are by default fence sitters just in our day-to-day world. There, it's It's just like, Oh yeah, sure. Oh, I got this coupon for uh, half off a sub at the local deli. Yeah, sure. Okay, I'll check it out. It's it's not necessarily that. It's not necessarily. You just need like a little push to get someone to check out a website, check out a Instagram account, check out whatever. So I consider what we're doing like that little push to get someone to either reappraise a brand or to check it out for the first time. Um, as far as what hard metrics go, there are definitely KPIs like and metrics that they that brands work with our team to to 
expectations that they'd like to see hit in terms of numbers. But from the content creation side, from the creative end, if if we can get people sharing it and thinking that, hey, this is pretty cool for this brand to do this, that's a su- su- that's success in my book. That's that's I, I love that. I mean, uh, you know, we've had lots of different views come on this show who talk about, you know, what's your goal. Um, you know, and Chris and I, as he alluded to, both work in, in companies where it's it's ultimately you know thinking down the funnel. But to your point, it's 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 very important to work on the brand and and everything around that. I'm just wondering, you know, just jumping around a bit, um, you know, have you ever had any challenging situations where you had, you know, perhaps a brand that came with you, you know, with certain ideas, and we were talking earlier that are either over the edge, or perhaps that brand has, you know, a bad rep out there in the in the world, and you know, they're trying to use satire. You know, is there a line where you guys have for your own? rules in terms of, of account engagement where, you know, there's certain stuff, you know, and you don't have to name any names, but how would you, how do you establish where you don't want to get involved? Like, is it politics? Like, you know, will you let a politician in the upcoming races that are going on come to you and start to, you know, use campaign dollars towards creating satirical content that, you know, paints them in the right light? Sure. I don't think, um, honestly, from, from my end where I'm at, I think that's, that's a decision that gets made a little bit higher up. So we don't really, on the as the writers, we don't really see the 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 politics of that. So if any such thing does come about, it's kind of nipped in the bud a little bit earlier than when we get it. So unfortunately, I can't really say that we do. I have a lot of experience with that here, honestly, because uh, any such conflict of interest or anything like that just gets doesn't even make it down the funnel to, to where we end up working on it. Well, Hassan, we're coming near the end of our time. And I'm, we always ask the same question, but especially for you, I'm really curious. We like to ask, what did you want to be when you grew up? And I know the onion did not exist when you were born. So what was kind of your goal when you were growing up and how did that lead you to the onion? I will tell you, I wanted to be a music video director. Uh, and I'll tell you the first video that made me want to be a music video director. I, all you guys, if whoever's listening should check this out. Uh, it's the Buster Rhymes. Give me some more music video. I don't know if you guys remember seeing that, but it is a fantastic, a fantastic video. And after watching that, it was like, I have to do this. I have to be a music video director. Do I still want to be a music video director? Sure, I would love to. <laughs> if there are any, <laughs> if there are any bands that want to reach out and uh, let me direct your video, I would love to. But um, until then, I'll, I'll probably have to stick to my day job. But um, yeah, that was my that was my childhood ambition. I, I would say that music videos could use a little humor these days. They're getting a little bit uh, too over the top versus just funny, right? Um, I think you should give it a try. Uh, I, I, I thought you were going to say maybe maybe you wanted to be uh, part of SNL, um, but uh, you know that that goal of making you laugh is is definitely a good one, and I think it's a, a goal a lot of us should try and you know bring in into our content strategies, whether it's part of our voice or whether we we experiment from time to time. I think this was uh, you know a great great way for us to challenge how we're thinking as as marketers and, and content leaders. So, you know, Hassan, I really thank you for taking the time to join us from the Onion today. Um, you know, on behalf of Chris Moody at Oracle, 
Marketing Cloud and myself at Uberflip. Um, you know, we, we've really enjoyed having you on Content Pros. Uh, if you want to listen to more great podcasts like this, you can subscribe at contentprospodcast.com. Um, you can also find the podcast on all the regular spots, be it iTunes, be it uh, uh, Stitcher, everything out there. Content Pros is there for you. And uh, we thank you for joining us and look forward to, to spending more time with you again in the future, Hassan. Thank you, guys. Thanks for tuning in to Content Pros. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentprospodcast.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. Content Pros is sponsored by Oracle Marketing Cloud, Uberflip, and by Sixter. And is produced by Convince and Convert Media. Find more great shows like Content Pros at marketingpodcast.com, the first search engine for marketing podcasts. Podcast imaging by audiobag.com.